Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi. You're on with Jason and John, 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome to this Monday, August 8th. Hope everybody's off to a good week so far. We sent the kiddies back to school, or a lot of us did today. Some still going back next week, but a lot of them went back today. That includes Memphis and SCS. My own kid is back today. Wishing everybody a safe and happy school year. That goes for the students and for the teachers. Hey, it's a big week. FedEx Cup playoffs begin Thursday here in Memphis out at Southwind. That's John's stomping grounds. I was actually, uh, <clears throat> I was in there today, believe it or not. Uh, I was in Southwind today, and they're getting ready for everything, you of know. Of course. Starts Thursday. I had to, uh, I had to, I had to help out a neighbor. A uh, neighbor had forgotten to take his trash out, so I was sort of driving, uh, I was driving, you know, in. They were directing traffic and everything. It's like, it's starting, you can tell, because that security starts to get pretty tight, It's it tight over there. Yeah. You're going to have to have your pass. And That's show right. Them, show them your, t- your home title, or else they're not going to let you on to the... Uh, Onto the the grounds. That's right. I had to give up Riley to get in. So yeah, no doubt. There you go. A uh, Tiger basketball has added a player for this season. We'll get into that. Started talking about that last week. Uh, and of course, I've, I'm on the wrong side of Braves Mets. It appears. Uh, tip of the cap to the New York Mets, who over the weekend took four or five from my Braves. They have won. May have won the NL East with that. Brad, I'll get you a shout out too. Mm-hmm. Way to handle those those Yankees as well. Yeah. Cardinals handle Sweeping the Yankees. The New York Yankees. Baseball news now becoming a part of J and J as we head down the stretch. What about fifty games left yeah. in the regular season around mm-hmm. that? Uh, and and Gary's Mets may have gone ahead and won the East over the wow. weekend. Tough shot from the Braves. Yeah, uh, Jeff Cock is going to join us at one twenty five. We'll talk to him uh, about a couple of things. Uh, including a topic that we'll explore here momentarily as it relates to Memphis basketball. Maybe two, right? Maybe a couple of Memphis uh, basketball-related topics. So he'll join us at 125 Respect Burgers. As always, we hand those out on Mondays, put them on the big green egg, and then we hand them out uh, here on the show every Monday at 1 o'clock. But we had a weekend full of things that happened, a couple of important things potentially in the world of sports. Let's get into them, cap or no cap. Cap. It means lion, but built different. Now, it's cap. I'm going to say cap. For no cap. I'm going to say that that's no cap. On 92.9's Jason and John Show. We start out with new, fresh Memphis Tigers basketball news, John. Uh, and this is right up Jason's alley as a uh, the minister of foreign you know pronunciations in, in this market. Ah. They figured they were listening to Jason on this one. Is it Ian Granja? Ha, Granja. 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 Yeah. So think like jalapeno. You know how the J wouldn't be pronounced? Yeah. There it's it's silent. Granha. Granha. Yeah, that's how we're rolling. Granha. That's a cool kind of name, actually. Uh, he will contribute for the Tigers, Jason. Is that cap or no cap? Cap. 
It, I hit the button again. Sorry, I meant to hit the uh, the other one there. Oh, expected news over the weekend with Memphis landing an international pro, uh, prospect in Ian Granja from Spain. Uh, again, six eight, a wing player who Penny Hardaway has added to the roster here. What are you down to now? One scholarship, two scholarships. He used one of the final two on Granja, and we'll, in terms of being a contributor this year. Gonna be tough, I would say. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put cap on this one early here, just because there's a log jam on the wing. Now clearly, Penny's got a need, and that's a shooting need. Okay, with yeah. what you've added, you're limited in terms of the number of guys, proven shooters on this roster. That said, if Granha, who listen, the the shooting numbers at least from long range weren't particularly great in terms of the teams that he's played for. But if he can come in and he's got a reputation as that and be a shooter, perhaps there's a way. I'm going to go cap here though because you've got some more experienced guys in front of him. I think tough to be an impact guy first year. Yeah, I mean, I think the odds are firmly stacked against. Granha, not just for this season, but ever, uh, you know, at, at the University of Memphis. Um, my my concerns are, you know, look, obviously, member of the staff had connections, and that's how these things work, right? Like, you got a connection overseas. Hey, I got a guy. You got to look at him. Well, we need more shooting. We need this. The kid's 19 years old. You got two spots. Well, you know, do you a solid, do you a dandy, take the kid. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's not like Penny Hardaway was going over to the Czech Republic to see this kid for himself. So that's the other part. Penny has never seen this kid play in person, right? Sure. So that's the first part. Uh, second part is Penny Hardaway and Memphis, even historically, the university, has limited little to no experience with international prospects. They have to be handled differently. There's a bigger learning curve. There's a culture shock. There is just a there is more uh, attentiveness that has to be paid to those guys, nineteen or not, when they're coming. Up. I mean, there, there's just more of a commitment. There's more of a commitment to that kid when you're bringing him over from you know Europe, where he, he you know he's saying he doesn't speak English that well. Then there would be if you're getting a kid from, for example, Montverd Academy, mm-hmm. right? So the level of care that you're going to have to uh, administer is just higher. And I don't really take Penny for a guy who is going to do that much. Like, baby, he's not going to babysit, right? And I'm not saying the kid's got to be babysat, but it is, again, there is a difference when you go to a place like Gonzaga, when you go to a place like Arizona, which this is what they do. They have, they, right. they, they know exactly how to handle these kids. And like, we just, we don't know how a kid like that is going to stack up either against American talent, right? Like, these, there, there are just a lot of question marks. Now, from what I saw on film, yeah, like, he's got – his game's pretty smooth. Like, he's got some smoothness, some fluidity to his nice game. nice-looking shot. Yeah, like, he's got a good-looking shot. The numbers don't impress you that much in terms of from three, 25.6 right. per three. Right. Uh, uh, and and with, with GBA, Sulky, I'm not going to try to pronounce the name, and then 19 games with the Czech Republic under 19 – uh, team league, he averaged 13.7 points, 4.3 rebounds, shot 30.7% from three, right. 43% for the field overall. So, yes, what it looks like he can knock down shots. That's one thing. You see some film of where they've edited and put down this guy knocking down shots. Yeah, 
okay, the shot looks fine, but how much is he actually hitting it? Here's the other thing, John. You're playing on a team is going to be a bunch of 20-somethings. Remember, Penny Hardaway said last January he wanted to get older. He's gone about that all offseason. Now you're throwing in another 19-year-old, and we're asking the question, is he going to contribute on a team that, what's ACOT, 23 years old? 20, you know, we know DeAndre Williams, you know, up 24, 25 years old. Most of these guys are going to be in their 20s. And so, again, asking him to get ahead of those guys, to find ahead of the Keontae Kennedys, the Emmanuel Acott's going to be hard to do. That said, again, we've said it before with the rosters currently constructed, if there's anything Penny could still use, looks like some shooting. So, again, that seems like the way in, but I still think it's going to be tough. There's a log jam at the wing, and he's going to be fighting from behind. That's exactly right. Especially as a 19-year-old on a team that's going to be one of the most experienced teams in college basketball. Certainly one of the oldest. Yeah, and I don't don't know what the patience level of of his, you know, of his people is going to be, right? Like, it, you know, the odds are if you come here and you don't play and you can't crack the rotation as a, you know, as a freshman or whatever his classification is going to be ultimately, um, you're just going to get recruited over, you know? Like, that happened for Johnny Lawson. If we're being honest, right? Like they went out and they just loaded up five new guys in the starting lineup. And Jonathan Lawson is going to have a role. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But Jonathan Lawson was coming over as a three time state champ, as a guy that Penny loved and has seen and has known like, forever. Right, right. You know, so if he's having a hard time, then think about what it's going to be like for a guy like Granha, who, again, you got spots. I don't mind taking shots on kids. You know, like he might come here, he might be the three point shooter. You know, damn the the percentages from a year ago. He might be the three point shooter that we've been talking about. The Tigers needing. He can be the specialist, right? Um, but, but we also we said that about Camden. We said about Winget, right? That their way onto the floor is being a shooter. What ends up happening again? A red shirt, no situation. Ends up not being a fit because you recruit a different way. Yep. Whatever's happened. Like I said, yep. if he's going to be on the court this year, it's got to be as a knockdown well, shooter. That's a tough road to hoe on yep. a team as veteran as this. Because one. the reality is, you're not playing for Penny if you can't defend. You're just not. Um, and if and if you know this kid shows sort of in his again he's coming over late again you know he's got to get acclimated um, if 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 he kind of shows that he doesn't really have that lateral quickness and you know he's not a good defender he won't see the floor on a team that's trying not to stub its toe out of the gate like it has the last couple of seasons remember right. to your point about you're not going to stop and wait on a kid to develop. If it's not going, and, and I love the point you make about defense, that might be the most important side. If it's not looking good early, they're not going to stop and wait for you. So just to the question about contributing this year, going to be tough. Again, we'll see. Can he stay in the program? Can you develop him? All that, perhaps. But I just think this year, again, on a at a position that's so low, Jim, this isn't the guy that looks like he can play the, you know, necessarily be a rebounder for you at the right. four. Right? That'd be another way on. Well, they've got a little bit of depth there right. that would certainly be ahead of him. Um, it's going to be tough to do. Yeah, I, I, I mean, think it's, it's capped to contribute yeah, this year. I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, again, I think the odds are stacked against him being a contributor. Just really was fundamentally the question this ever. year or ever? I well, got, I, I, it could I got be both. You're taking you know, it, to it could that. be both. Okay. I mean, this year I think not a chance. I know. I, I got. It's certainly going to be tough this not year. Not a chance. I mean, uh, you know, I, it's a it, it's a long term project. And like, forget Memphis. Like, w- what long term projects are there out in college basketball anyway? Most kids just leave. They go somewhere else. They don't. They don't sit around and marinate in one program. You know, hell, even Remy Martin was like he was there for four years. He left and won and won a title. Mm-hmm. You know, like you just don't see that anymore in college basketball. Like I, I remember the last time Memphis got a kid like this. It was Martine Ingloro, right? And he never showed up because he, you know, got hurt or whatever. 
I mean, Hippolyte was Chafak. Yeah, he was here though in the states. He'd right? been to a prep school. Yeah, yeah. I want to say in North Carolina somewhere. So that's still even Some, that somewhere is, on the East Coast. That that's still a challenge, but it's less of an adjustment because he had been in the states at least. True. And he like he didn't do anything. You know, he didn't he didn't see any kind of time. So yeah, like I'm just I'm skeptical of the success right of guys like this. You know, the culture shock is going to be enormous. You know, it's just going to be enormous, and he's going to have to be, you know, really tended to quite a bit. And, uh, you know, there's still a lot of question marks about, you know, his numbers and his defensive ability and what role he could have. So, yeah, look, take a shot at it, but understand that it's it's a long shot, most likely. Let's go to the Memphis banner discussion, which John's been writing about for the Daily Memphian. Memphis should hang the batter, banner. Is that cap or no cap? And we talked about this last week, right? We sort of started that conversation, which I followed up on there online. But <clears throat> I, I, you pointed it out. It's a nice round number, right? Mm-hmm. 2708 was 15 years ago. 22 or 23 is going to be the 15th year since that team. And we, it, we, I guess we started talking about this via Danton Bartow, talking about his jersey the football side, yes. needing to be retired as the you oh, know, yeah. all-time leading tackler. Obviously uh, a, a victim of COVID, uh, passed away due to COVID last year. I think that's a no-brainer as well. I think that's a no-brainer. But this is a little bit more complicated <clears throat> because there are NCAA uh, ramifications, mm-hmm. right? So Memphis would not be able to uh, reference anything officially with the NCAA. They couldn't say Final Four. They couldn't say uh, National Championship runner-up. They couldn't say wins record. They couldn't say number one AP. But they don't need to say anything like that because everybody that it matters to – or would matter to, knows. If you know, you know. Put something up there that says anything. You could say anything. I don't care. It happened. It was real. Whatever. 0708, names of the players. Maybe not even the names of the players. Just the year, 0708. Everybody is going to understand what that represents and what that symbolizes. And then the most important part is you get those guys back on campus and you give them their flowers um, and, and, and there was a little bit of blowback. I was surprised by that. Which it, it, it's just a little bit, you know, I guess there's no, we can't agree on anything as a society anymore, but I did get a couple texts privately too, that said that it was my worst take of all time that I, that I said that the, the, the banner should be hung for the 0708 team based on, based on the fact that according to one, at least one person who I consider a friend. Uh, who said that that team cheated its way through the NCAA tournament and they didn't even win when it mattered? Um, so that was that. I think that's an extreme take. I think that's a very extreme take because I think what we can all objectively say is that that was the best Memphis basketball team ever. It was better than seventy two seventy three because seventy two seventy three got clobbered in the championship game. They had no chance. Bill Walton just UCLA and Bill Walton. He just scored another layup on them. Mm-hmm. Like yet, like he, right he, now, is missed one shot in real time. Yep. It just happened, bro. It, at eleven seventeen, so that's the thing. It's like you were never in that game. It was a great run. That team meant a lot to the community for a lot of reasons, right? But what was the best team? It was oh seven oh eight. They were the team that was number one. They were the team that started twenty six and zero. They were the team that hosted college game day one versus two. Yep. They were the team that that was two minutes away from winning it. You know that team still deserves to be. Given its flowers, that's like that's so. I, I think that there's no controversy over it. You know, I, the, to me, the banner is not the most important part. The banner is like a side piece of it. Mm-hmm. The most important part is you as a university, like not trying to feed into the schism that was created by the NCAA. 
right? Because right. those guys did. Those guys did distance them, themselves from the University of Memphis after all that. They did. I mean, CDR was gone for a while. We had him on the show. He talked about that, right? Derrick Rose hasn't come back. You know, a lot of those guys haven't come back. I don't know when the last time Joey's been back. Yeah, but he had been back in the summers. Right. Joey doing a camp. I remember with Buffy yeah. at one point. Yeah. Out there. Right. Those those guys have been, you know, some of those guys have been back. Yeah. I just feel like as a, been back. as a team, they deserve the formal validation. Uh, for, I can agree more. You know, from the university, from the fans. Yeah. Um, and I don't really, I don't know how you cannot, I, I don't know how you argue otherwise. I think it's. I think it's ludicrous to argue otherwise. Well, I just think some sort of, we said this last week, some sort of acknowledgement of the height of Tiger basketball of that era needs to be there. And again, you know, what it looks like, what you can say, we can get through all the particulars later, but uh, uh, some sort of banner that's got all their numbers on it, something like that. I, I, I talked about this with Jeff, and he started going down the list. Well, are you retiring this guy, this guy, this guy? We're not talking about retiring the numbers of these guys. We're just talking about an acknowledgement of, again, the height of Tiger basketball, a year you finished runner-up. I know the record books don't acknowledge it, but we know it happened. And for the people in the building, John, yes, it would be the the, the tribute to the guys that did it. Yep. And and I know you you know we talked about this last week. Some folks have got their feelings about Cal. You don't even have to have you know Cal as a part of this necessarily. You can wait till after his career's over. But this would be for the players themselves. And listen, I saw somebody shoot back at you. Well, Derek Rose feels a certain kind of way about the university still. So no, we should. This this is a bad idea. Why, why should one player and his feelings toward Memphis, if that's still the case, and if he decided he wasn't one, would he be, why should that dictate whether or not you do something for everybody there? Clearly. And again, last time we talked to Supreme Bay, it seems like it's getting more and more important to those guys to have something. Absolutely. To have something they can point to and say, you know what, we did that. Yep. And again, we've allowed sort of the NCAA and our feelings about Cal to dictate us the, the, the quiet that has been the last 15 years in terms of any sort of acknowledgement of them, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and, it's, forget it. Like, it's time to do something. And, and it didn't really matter. Like, like I think about the just the, the, the pure cultural impact. Like, it just didn't matter when where you were, whether you were black, white, brown, whether you went to Memphis or Rhodes or Tennessee or Ole Miss. If you lived in Memphis, you were immersed in that in 08. Like, there's just – the only other thing that I can recall coming close was that Western Conference Finals run in 2013. You know, I mean, to the in terms of captivating the entire city with that pride, that was it. You know, remember it, it, it cemented you in terms of as a national power, too, yeah. like that time, yeah, right? Absolutely. Because beforehand, you can go back and you could say, okay, well, that team with Larry, you know, you know, you could say it was a, a one off. You can yep. go back to the '80s, and yes, Memphis had some dominant teams, but remember, a lot of that was locally powered. Was Memphis guys, and sure, they were a story once they hit the national stage. But remember, oh seven, oh eight, Memphis becomes a national power with guys from all over the country under Cal, and so it's 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 that. It was sort of Memphis as its brand at its strongest, uh, something that r- really in terms of expectations, it's still measured against right now. The way you think about the program, it's measured against what you did in 07, 08. It's a, it's a standard that was created really by that era and sort of really that is the, as the climax of it all, John. And so that, that too, it's your brand. It's, it's the way you base your expectations on right now. And, John, it's the level of investment. The way that program's invested in is partly because of those years and the national power that you became. I mean, look at that. Look at the practice facility itself, sitting on twenty-two million over there, rivals anything in the country. You became a national power then, and listen, you you got to get back to that. Yep. There's work still to be done, but that's why there should still be some sort of acknowledgement or tribute to it. Yep, totally agree. Fifteen's a good round year to do it. I, did, you know? Let me ask you this: Do you think? Do you think the University of Memphis will do it? 
you know, I, again, when we talk about the importance of it, the urgency of it, I don't know to them that they feel like there's any strong push that we need to do it now. Maybe they feel like 20 is better than 15. Maybe they say, maybe Laird Veach is saying, you know what, that's a great idea. Would look something we'd look at five years from now. You know, uh, us saying 15, it's not just an arbitrary number, be a nice round number, but maybe 20 is better to that point. Do I think they'll do it? Nah, just because I don't see it's a huge push right now. There's a push to get Danton Bartow's number retired. I don't feel a huge push on this. Should it be done? Absolutely. All right, let's go to uh, some national ESPN news. Matthew Barry not getting his contract renewed with ESPN. He goes to NBC, uh, and I'll start with John. It was a mistake to let Matthew Barry go by ESPN. Cap or no cap? I wasn't aware of this till last week. So was his. So his contract was not renewed, or they couldn't come to a, a an agreement. I would assume that, that that it was one or the other that they couldn't put a contract together for for whatever right, reason. Right, they couldn't they couldn't come to terms, and then you know he goes to NBC because oh, there is a, there's just a little bit of a of a difference there, right? Like if they say you know we're not going to renew your contract, yeah, gonna, he, he, I think he probably wanted to work there if he got more money. That's usually how these things go. I don't know that to be true or not. Oh, uh, I'm sure that's exactly what it was. He said I'm worth X, or, Y, and Z, and or he know. wanted a shorter or a longer contract. You know that also is, uh, plays into these. But they didn't renew the contract, and he's at NBC. He is indeed. At NBC and I saw him um, you know over the weekend talking about fantasy football and I was kind of like whoa good grief that's kind of mm-hmm. like that's kind of jarring you know when you see like him holding the NBC mic because look I mean Matthew Barry is uh, for as long as I've been playing fantasy football he has been at ESPN he has been the face of that yeah, platform their fantasy focused football podcast is their top rated podcast on a yearly basis according to ESPN and so I can absolutely see why Matthew Barry would believe I'm worth X Y and Z yeah it looks like money um look, yeah no, I, I think it is a mistake now uh I, I think two things can be true it can be a mistake and ESPN fantasy football will survive right I think both things can be and are true in this case. Doesn't Field Yates become the, the lead guy? I suppose Field Yates doesn't have, the to me, the um, association with fantasy football in the way that Matthew Berry does. Like, Matthew Berry's column for me, Love Hate, was must-read every single— like, I would look for it every Thursday. It would actually be something that— in my daily life from the time that I was 15, starting to play fantasy football into my 30s, mm-hmm. that I looked forward to. I wrote Matthew Barry when y'all tried to pull some of the slickest-ish. It didn't, in the, but, that, but that he, did not, he did not publish because it because he, it was because trash. He gets, he gets so what, many of those, right? He gets so right. many. He's got to pick. You know, so I'm not offended by that at all. So 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 I am a Matthew Barry stan. I am a fan of his work. You and, I, I, you and I both know that everybody's replaceable. Including no, us uh, that's and what including I'm saying. Matthew that's Barrett. what I'm saying. He, of course, everybody is replaceable on a human level, no doubt about it. But I do think that the brand does suffer. I think he had, he had a true passion for fantasy football. Well, let me ask you this: is he, he had so, a big following is as he, as evidenced by the podcast? Is he so good that you'll follow him over to NBC Sports to go read the column now, or do you stay with the powerhouse and the routine, which is just checking in with your regular ESPN folks? That's what I'd ask you. I mean, I can I'll do both. It, probably I'll read his stuff see, at NBC, and I'll uh, they don't have a fantasy platform, so I'll just that's play. what I'm saying. But if the, what if they launched a fantasy platform? I don't. Well, think they, ES- better. they better. Since think, they better since they're since they they better make it worth their while. I don't think ESPN fantasy football platform is all that great oh my gosh i think there are other like there are ways where you can like build on that and make it better maybe that's what happened well maybe we should sports. send you on up to bristol then uh mr fix it man we'll make it all better for you i tell you I this do. i think there's a way like they could do some better stuff i won a championship this past year and i used to read that love hate column ask me how many times i read it last season well what was different about last season i didn't need it 
So that so that's the so that's the year you decided. I'm just my telling man. you right now. When I stopped paying attention to Matthew Berry and that love hate column, my team flew to a Be- championship. Got better. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's just that's because that's you know what he would have me. Evidence. You know what he would have me doing? Overthinking. Yes. Well, that's, he would have me overthinking uh, it every time. One of the worst things in life. He was he was he, you know he so, was he was so entertaining. It gets man. me it to was, my question: How much of an expert is he really? I mean, that's up to he you. He's going to throw some numbers at you, and then what right. happens ultimately like else. when you run the Matthew Berry team that no, he loves? No, I mean, that's fair. You fail and lose. But it's because but it, that, because but it's, why? It's, because fans it's designed it's to be so entertaining, random though. I get it, though. It's I not, think Field is more fun than Matthew Berry. Not, I don't that, that, I do that, not agree That is not That true. I will not I, agree with you I have no fun with that guy. Field Yates is not fun. It's a stiff humor. It's For Field, it's much different, and it doesn't come across as the relatable man that Matthew Berry is. Matthew's got the relatability that Field Yates does not have. I think ESPN's sharp enough to know when they when they part with somebody if he if they are above him, and I think they're probably above this I just think they have a monster that's going to continue, just like Dan Patrick. That's right, yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Big time. But it worked out for Dan Patrick. But it did. better for Dan. But they rolled, too. They were just fine, too. They replaced. Of course. It feels like the same thing in terms of Matthew Berry. That's a good take. No, it's obvious, though. No one person is going to bring down an entire company. That's my point. If he wants $10 John, I'm sure he doesn't want Stephen A. makes eight, so Matthew Berry can only want, what, two or three or four. If he wants that, there is a line where it's probably too much. Of course. ESPN, which got to worry about tr- you know, yeah. media rights deals coming up and all they you know they're always pinching penny subscriptions still going down sure. that's why they're uh, uh, charging you more now for I, ESPN Insider I already I already got that done I snuck it in part yesterday. of the deal. I snuck mm-hmm. in sixty nine ninety nine for the year yesterday you know them. if they can pinch a penny they're going and not pay somebody they're going to do it when where they see fit and I just think he's part of it probably going to continue I, I, the giant I, will continue to roll look they have the they have the uh the the number right i don't know what he was asking for i don't know what his worth ultimately is because right. it is a bottom line well, business alexa their podcast one of them the one of their, their their most listened to which meant advertising and money for them but it's clear that nbc was willing to meet the number right because he yeah. wouldn't have left if they didn't he would have come back to ESPN for whatever they were willing to offer if NBC did not offer him well, they better that get amount their, of money. They better get their fantasy uh, platform off the ground then. So I think that speaks to Matthew Barry and his following. Now, look, I do think it's a risk because anytime you leave that a brand, platform like that, yeah, like it is, it's a, you 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 do compromise some relevancy, right? You just do. It's part of it. There's nothing that's going to promote Matthew Barry. There's nothing as insidiously embedded in our day to day sports lives as ESPN. You know, mm-hmm. like. They're, that's yeah. just the truth, and but, part of that is they work their dudes. You'll some of these contracts aren't renewed because the talent don't want to do the level that ESPN wants to in terms of engagement and work. It's just true. Like if you talk to any of these guys who signed, especially the multi-million dollar guys, they're all multi-deal guys who are on really from almost six to six sometimes in season, right? And on multiple pla- I mean, the workload is substantial. It is. It is. I would say Matthew Barry you got a special place in your heart for him because you wrote to him. Well, he. I, but I, unlike with The Rock, who even responded, you got no response from Matthew Barry. He big times you. There you Again, go. He, but it, that doesn't change the way I view his work, though, professionally. You know, like I respect right. his, I was expecting a letter back. I respect the fact that he took ESPN's fantasy platform from nothing to what it is today. Like, he was the face of that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So we're we're going to give you that. I do, I do respect that. But, again, I don't know what he asked for. I don't know what ESPN was. I don't know what the difference was. I wasn't in yeah. tune with those negotiations. Too much. Um, I think it was a mistake, but I also believe that ESPN will survive. So I think both things are true in this case. And then 
then finally, it is the first day of school for many here in Shelby County and all over the area. The first day of school is overrated. Is that cap or no cap, John? Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's the, the first day of school is is overwhelming, is what it is. You know, it's it's a, I mean, depending on the grade, of course, but I, I would say like I looked probably more forward to it when I was younger than I did when I was older. Um, you know, I, is it overrated? I don't think it's rated well. Do people rate it highly? Man, sound like Jeff Calkins rates it pretty high. No, I don't think it's overrated. Oh, I love it. It was it, it was always a great day for me. I enjoyed it. I, I still I, enjoy it. I didn't I didn't enjoy it as much. I, I, I would say like once you get settled into your your classes, like in high school it was like I gotta find out where this is, I gotta go like here, I got because you're switching classes, you don't know if you're gonna get there on time. There wasn't something thrilling about that for young John. No, oh, man. Seeing I, who's in the next class with you? I mean, that's an element of it. Seeing if your boys are in there. But with there was, you. like, real anxiety on, like, okay, what part of school is this at? Because White Station was a big school now. I mean, they, you know, we had, you know, that spanned a pretty good distance. What about campus. your elementary days, though? Elementary days, probably, as I was saying, more so because you're just in one class all day. Right. You know what I mean? You get, like, the thrill of, like, seeing who's coming in the class. Like, is, who's is that in there. changing? Because, like I told you, my kid starts changing classes this year. He's third grader. Mm-hmm. They so do that, a lot of that For us, that wasn't until middle school. Yeah, I never, I never changed class until right. seventh grade. No, that's the way I am. Now, now mm-hmm. the fun part, the, the, the best part of that I remember is you would go to the school a week before it started, and you would read on the door – what class you got assigned to? Like yeah, we which did. Teacher. We did that on Thursday. Yeah, yeah which meet teacher? The teacher. And, so fun. And uh, what? Who was your classmates? Mm-hmm. So you yeah, down there with you. It's like that, an orientation. That was the thrill. Yeah. That was the thrill. Seeing like, all right, this is where I'm going to be. This is who my teacher is. This is who my my classmates are going to be. That right. was the fun part. You know. I think um, for for the kids, when you got a new pair of shoes, that helps you. Right, so absolutely. You go in there, you're Jason. fresh. You're yes. fresh. You got your nice new pair of school shoes. Because doesn't everybody pretty much get that going back in? So that's yeah. you get to show that off. Now it's different because back in the day, I could come in a fresh rayon. Mm-hmm. Right when we could wear, when we had cre- we had a creative license to wear whatever the hell we wanted. John, we'd come fresh. It'd be about the whole outfit yeah. rather than just the shoes. Now, at least for my kid, you know, you got the uniform. That's not changing. At least he gets the fresh shoes. For I, so I don't think it's overrated. I think there's great parts of it. Again, for him, Chris was excited to go back see his friends, all that. And then for us parents, you change it to us. It's the it, it it's the it's the structure coming back in your life. It's right. your, your kid having to yeah. do something other than just be on the iPad all all, all summer long, right? Yep. Or you having to uh, chauffeur them to the next basketball practice. They're now stuck somewhere <laughs> for damn near the majority of the day. And for us parents, it's a. <sighs> Thankfully, so I again a thank you to the teachers yeah. that are there to welcome them back because they're the ones with the tough job. Yeah, it was right like now. it was like a, it was like a metamorphosis for me. It was like I looked forward to it when I was in elementary school. I started to dread it in like middle school and high school, and then in college, I actually looked forward to it. You know, because when we when we graduated too from the rayon to the silk shirts, man, you couldn't tell me nothing. Well, that, oh, those were strong. See, that, see, oh, yeah, see, it was different. Look at the girls. It was because we wore uniforms. You had uniforms, yeah. so there was no opportunity for expression. So there was no. There was no right. like. There was no thing to look forward to because it was. We were all going to wear the same, mm-hmm. you know, white collared shirt and and you know khaki pants. We were all going to, you know, we were all wearing the same. And the, I don't. And even, that switch for you, your time. Yeah. Because you told me about the, the Dickies. The, it started in the sixth grade. Man. Wow. Yeah. At, at White See, Station, they had uniforms. At elementary, well, at Mississippi schools, it was a citywide policy. How about that? Memphis City schools may, and then of course private schools already had them. Right. Yeah. So that was. Do they, kids still wear uniforms today? Sure. Yeah. See, I think that's crazy. 
I think that's crazy. It, it actually is is a is bad and good. I think there's more range to yeah. it now, but you still got to wear the colors, right? Yeah. The khakis or the whatever. You can the, change it up. I a mean, little I, bit. I understand having like a guidelines. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like I understand restrictions. Like, you, you can't just come to to you know mm-hmm. Melrose High School or Washington High School like draped up in like your blood and like you got like you know blood you know red bandana hanging out of your you know left pocket like i understand that like i understand there are guidelines to the uniform policy we can have that mm-hmm. but is it really necessary that everybody wears the same damn thing that we can only wear a white t-shirt and khaki pants you know and i, I just feel like that I just, I, if you've had less issues it probably is worth it right from beforehand again i don't have the numbers in front of me to right. to tell you if they have but I, my guess is they have. Right. Don't, don't you think so? And that's why they. But what, what was the motivation behind it? Was it was it gang related? You don't was have it, peer pressure too with somebody feeling like they have to have no, the, I mean, the latest that, and the greatest, and then this person doesn't, or vice versa. Some people might wear the same the same thing day after day. Some of that, I think. Some of the gang stuff. There were a bunch of reasons, right? right. Why you why yeah. you made the move over? But they were very strict about it, though. We couldn't even wear an undershirt that wasn't white. Like, we couldn't even wear, like, a red undershirt. We couldn't even wear, like, a black undershirt. It was, like, right. it was just, to me, it was way too strict. Like, okay, fine. Policy, yes. Loosen up a little bit, though, man. Damn, let these kids be kids on some level. I understand that there are some considerations to be taken in about, you know, home life and equality and some mm-hmm. people are going to be. But welcome to the real world, dude. You know? There's no uniform policy once you get out of high school, you know? I mean, that's part of it. That, that, it, it was, I ain't going to lie, though. It was tough. Like, we, we gave the kids that didn't have hell, and I'm not proud of it. Like, back in, you know what I'm saying? They still check like those the, kids today, like, though. Like, the dusty kids or whatever, whatever. Like, we used to give them hell, you know. And, and I, still, I ain't one that was just coming and suited and what, booted either. What, no, I mean, dad, what, dad wasn't held until the fifth, sixth grade. He wouldn't even give his name brand <laughs> shoes. We were, we were paying. But you, we, yeah, we if, you, if you had that, if you had them pro wings yeah. on, like I did for a couple, man, you would get absolutely wasted, wasted. at school. But yeah. you a point almost that you almost didn't want to go. That's true. Because you knew it was coming. And so if yeah. you could take any of that out, I mean, I got to, I got to, you know, as much as I love the having the chance to express myself, but if you could take out that, you know, that, that, that difference between the have, have nots. You know, as much as you can, I, I think that's a positive. But you know, kids will find anything to check you over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you, you check like, you over because your a lot of, line, a, a, a lot of them, a lot of them, you know? the same kids might not have that haircut, right? Right. Or, you know, every right. couple of weeks or whatever. Right. So it'll come one way no, or the I, other. I, I, I don't doubt that there's obviously but it can help like, with that, yeah, obviously. Like, there's probably more good than bad with that's, the uniform that's policy. My, that's my guess. I just feel like you know, like hey, like let's maybe have you know a day or two a week where you don't have to wear uniforms. Like, would that be so bad? Yeah. You know, Fridays are like non-uniform I, days. It makes for a lot less. Uh, clothes buying too for parents. You know, it, it saves us a little bit on on the on the moolah. Just yeah. a, little, a little side note too on the whole having to have a wardrobe for school with now, the kids not wearing uniforms now, is completely different than you just having to go get some summer clothes for him, right? And some yeah. some clothes for him when he dress up, go to go to go to church, all that stuff. Now I think that's like Sam's so, kids don't have to wear uniforms. Like that's uh, that, that they're Collierville. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, so uh, I think that's the municipal. Yeah, uh, the municipalities. Do they have to wear? Uh, so uniforms is that the like, case at, at Germantown and right. all that too? Well, Germantown's Memphis City. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, they don't have their own. Yeah, but yeah. like Houston, I don't like. I think Houston may not have to wear uniforms. Is no Lakeland, uniforms it's Arl- Arlington's its own thing, is it? I not? think so. So at those schools, I don't believe uniforms are required. Uh, there's a, there's one other high school I want to say, but I can't I can't uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it, I, I think it's probably slightly overrated. Although I certainly wish all the uh, all the parents, you know, good vibes, good thoughts. Sam's back to school today with the kids. Now she's been in service for the last week and a half. Right so, there to get it ready. Uh, you know that's part of it. But uh, 
yeah, it's uh, it's still a, a fun day overall, you know, a fun time. And, like, Sam took a picture of Riley yesterday with a backpack on as a little preview. That was kind of trippy. Like, wow, you're she's walking now. It's like she's going to be doing that one day. I'm going to be sending her off to school. That's going to be a hell of a day. What tripped me out is we're entering Chris's sixth year at this school because he did pre-K, J.K., S.K., senior kindergarten. Then you oh, do wow. first, second grade. He's starting third grade. It makes six years at the school. Still got to go another, what, fourth, fifth, sixth. It'll be nine years before we're even, you know, when we're out of the sixth grade. The kid's already been at this school. He's going into his sixth year. Wow. Yeah. That Dude, is it, it flies. It flies. Dang. And like I said this morning, getting up, fun part for the parents, you get to do it. No, you know, no. After a while, you get into the rut. It's, oh, man, I got to take him to school. It's Mondays and all that. But remember, you you get to do it. Because no the question. Kid, that kid's going to look back. Remember, you're taking him to school every day. Like I remember my dad taking me to school today. Man, you you appreciate it so much. No, I saw on the on the concept of time, I saw a TikTok this morning. Those talks you have. It was a 50-year-old guy that was dropping his kid off at school, right? Yes, yes, <clears> And yes. he was thinking about, like, he said, man, I remember when I was 15 or 16, he said, he said, when I was 20 years old, it felt like yesterday. And you know what that means, right? If 20 felt like yesterday, 80's tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. Think about that. Hey. It ain't fun to think about. That's it. scary. It's, it is. a scary. He, said, he said, I have. That hits true. close to home. He said, I am farther away from being 20 than yeah. years I likely have left mm. on this earth. No. Yeah, if you don't seize the moment, you 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 get a little wrapped up in that. I gotta yeah. get away from that and live in the day, man, because it's exactly. like it, it does all go too fast. And I, I like what you said though, Jason. It's like you do have to just take the moment because it's like it, it does it passes if you don't appreciate it. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. Treasure all those talks you get yeah. to have on those drives guys, to school. What did you guys talk about today on the way in? Did uh, was Chris excited? Just kind of a lot of energy. It was. I, I was talking about how I hope that the kids from his basketball team aren't in his class because lo- Lord knows Chris loves to run his mouth. Last year was a problem with conduct. Yeah. And if he's in the same class with these kids from basketball, he's just going to do it again. So the talk was Mix again: be a leader, be right. your own guy. Mm-hmm. Don't fall in any. You know. You know. <laughs> Whatever, don't be a follower, don't, be a leader. Don't join a gang. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, it was jo- yeah going to third. It was that's pretty much the speech. Don't join mm-hmm. a gang in the third grade. Right. They're, they're, they're the best I had to give him on recruiting this third grade. earlier and earlier these you gotta, days. You got to have you know you got to have your speech. You got to be ready. Right. And uh, I, th- I think I gave him some some good uh, food for thought going in. Yeah. I think that's right. It's funny. Jake is fourteen. We watched a PG thirteen movie last night. It was the uh, Social Network. You guys seen the Social Network? Of course. Yeah. And there's a lot of drug usage in this thing. I've forgotten about it, but like even for a PG-13 movie, it's pretty heavy. You got you know blow being snorted off of somebody's belly at one point in that movie. My kid's sitting there watching this, you know, because you got rich Mark Zuckerberg and you're trying to teach lessons, you know. And I'm like, listen, pal, you're gonna at some point it's inevitable. You're gonna see a pot, a bong. You're gonna see some weird stuff as yep. you get older. And Dad ain't gonna be there with him. And when I won't he's be decide. I said it, it did me a lot of good trying to stay away from that stuff and 100%. just little little things. I know that sounds very trite as we begin the school year, but you just you know you, these kids. They get it's hard to shelter them all the time. And what I would tell these kids is a little blow never hurt nobody. I'm just kidding. Are That's a serious? joke. I That's figured. just a joke. Yeah. That's Are just a joke, man. Everybody calm down. Everybody <laughs> Thank you, relax. Thank I you, just John. watched this Drugs Woodstock, bad, okay? Woodstock 99 thing. Did you yeah. see? Have you seen that? The Netflix special three-part documentary? You talk about drugs. You talk about dr- Woodstock 99. Don't, oh, yeah, I watched it. I saw that thing it. Yeah. burned oh, down to the God. ground? You, you talk about some drugs happening out there. Oh, boy. They were having at it. And look how they, those. Uh, I watched that. I'm doc. just glad Chris ain't of that age that, you know, <laughs> you'd have something like that. He'd want to go flock to it. No, that's rolling loud. You got a few years for that. Yeah, Jake's looking at this movie in San Fernando Valley or whatever, and they got a big pipe and there's smoke. He's like, Dad, what's that? I'm like, Damn, we've been sheltering this kid. You told him that's that good, good. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, No, you didn't. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't have them new, pi- them new pipes when I was uh, mm-hmm. growing up in the Midwest. You know what I'm saying? 
All right, so there you have it. Good luck and congratulations to all the the families out there starting school. Godspeed to our teachers. Uh, You know, they're going to need it. All right, we'll come back. Jeff Cog is going to join us at 125. Stick around. Jason and John, 90 FM, ESPN. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Guests appear on the Superbook Sports phone line. Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook Sports Tennessee app today with Jason and John, live from the Topps Barbecue Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Yeah. We just got touched by an angel. Did we not? Top's food drop. Top's it's heavenly, all right. It's heavenly, all right. Uh, we have like everything Woo! on the menu in here, man. Woo! It's the the barn has been brought. Brad, you get that picture so we can blast. It I out. got plenty of pictures right. of this. We, the feast is it's the this whole is, battle of the barn. This is remarkable, y'all. Uh, if you're not a top, I mean, uh, we got the pulled pork. We've got the barbecue. I just gave Dennis some smoked bologna because he was trying to get some of that. Mm, you know how Dennis likes his food. Yes. Yeah, Dennis does love his food. He got blessed today as y'all. well. Y'all. Yeah, Tops Barbecue um, has a feast at 92.9. They have a feast waiting for you. All their locations around Memphis. They got ribs. They got the burgers. They got the turkey. They got the smoked bologna, the barbecue. Like, what are you in the mood for? The sauce, the slaw, the beans. It's all there. Waiting on you. Go see our friends at Tops today. Hit them up on Facebook, Tops Barbecue. You can tell us who wins your battle of the barn, the pork, the beef, the turkey. We've got it all here on one plate and more. Our cup runneth over. For me today, it's going to be the beef is my guest. Remember, you can do pork and beef together on that fantastic Fireman Burger. It's Tops Barbecue. Get that sweet and saucy sauce. It's their new one, too. You can get your original hot, your original mild. Don't worry, but try the sweet and saucy. It's good on everything. That's why Tops Barbecue is the king. 70 years still smoking because it's all the best. Tops Barbecue, baby. Uh, so over at CBSSports.com, they uh, they did a you know formal ranking of each state, uh, the best college football team in each state. Um, and, you know, what's funny is that what coincided with uh, a great Memphis football run over the years was um, a lull, right, for Tennessee. Like, the two things kind of, like, were were, uh, were related in a way. Like, they weren't related, but, like, they just they, – they correlated, I guess. Like, Memphis football rose to its best mm-hmm. place and best spot in college football history. And uh, in Tennessee, kind of been in the doldrums, really. I mean, since the days of Fulmer, man. I mean, they've been in the dumps. They've gone through coach after coach after coach after coach. Um, and so Memphis has had an opening 
every time you like it would all we we'd always see that on social media it'd be like Memphis best team in Tennessee yeah. right and it was just like you know and conversely like we kind of we kind of saw that in basketball where it was like Vandy like Vandy was the best basketball team in Tennessee or something like that for many years and then sometimes it'd be Tennessee but it was like never Memphis right so it was kind of a weird universe it, it does feel like balance has been restored a little bit because uh, over at CBSSports.com, they did name Tennessee as the best team in Tennessee in college football. And I think it's definitely right this year. I think it's, tr- I think it's fair to say that they're the best team in Tennessee this year, depending on what happens with Memphis. But, I mean, this is supposed to be, you know, this is supposed to be a big year for them, right? I mean, their over-under is pretty much at every book that I've seen is eight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they do play in the SEC East. So at some point, like you got to get to nine wins again. You got to get to ten wins again. Um, I think Memphis can have a good year. I, I think eight wins is certainly should be very possible, right? But do I think they'll be the best team? I think that's prob- this is probably the first time since two thousand. I don't know, fifteen, sixteen, where the mantle does go back to the balls. Yep, it's time. I, I was looking back to make sure. I couldn't remember if they were picked second in the East or third. It's still third behind Kentucky, but the vote was close this year. And this could be the year they do come up behind Georgia in that East. And, and frankly, I would, I would say it's about time. Uh, Tennessee's always had the resources, and what they've had lately is a bad string of coaching hires. Looks like Heupel has got them at least right now. The trajectory's looking good. You got Hooker back, right? That's a big part of this, having Hendon Hooker back. I think he was second team preseason, all SEC, so you've got some familiarity. This feels like a year where you can count up nine wins on that ball schedule. I was listening to Drew Hill this morning, too, talk about his beloved Crimson Tide, and his point was he thinks the Tide will drop a game this regular season. You know, I don't know how many times fans think it's going to be a cakewalk this year but the one he thought they could drop he pointed out that Tennessee game up in Knoxville it's obviously on the road for the tide and I don't I don't think we've got it circled as you know we're, we're not picking Tennessee yet but could it happen absolutely and if Tennessee gets it going you could see it this year in terms of the things that Heupel's got in place so I think th- this should be the year that Tennessee sort of, sort of takes the mantle back and Frankly, John, with all their resources, it's 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 something they should always own. The fact that they didn't there for those years, again, was just evidence of of some some very bad hires and bad leadership on that side yeah. of the uh, on that side of their athletic department. Well, it should never fall below Memphis, quite frankly, with all the resources. Well, there's they no have. doubt about that. And I mean, Memphis had it for a run there, right? The question you is, that, like, you know, has the has the college football universe changed so much that like you have to kind of dial back what we think Tennessee football can be? You know, in a, in a, in a you know, in an increasingly competitive SEC, once Texas and once Oklahoma joined, I, I think they don't t- want to hear that. I still think Tennessee can be top three. Even you bring in Texas, Oklahoma, I still think they should be top three on their side of the SEC. They could be that in terms of what's invested, the, the way they can still recruit, even on the name alone, that they should be top three in the SEC on their side, no matter what. Yeah. And if you're doing that, you're you know you're you're winning now, essentially wh- in the best conference in football. Wh- what is it about? What is it about this Tennessee football team that has people so excited? Is it just is it Hooker? Is that the is that yeah, the key yeah, there? Well, and last year you saw the offense get going. I mean, mm-hmm. finally you saw some competence in terms of from your coaching staff. And I, you know, I, I think when they got Hypo, we were oh, oh, okay, but we felt a lot better than where they were coming from 
uh, with Pruitt and those guys. It, it, it was some Hooker, futility Hooker, Hooker up there. Hooker was really good. And he, then Hooker he, came, settled things down after they initially tried Milton and that thing. Hooker settled some things down, yeah. and they looked good offensively uh, for the most part uh, down the stretch. And I think most people think they're going to build on that. Yeah. Uh, did you realize he only threw three picks last year? That's mm. very impressive. Uh, he was good once he got in. I mean, for a college quarterback, that is like really, yeah, really he impressive. Settled, he settled things down for him at a position where they just – had this back and forth for a while. He had so. 302 attempts too, and like he only threw the ball 150 times. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. he was, he was, uh, he was really prolific. He was really, really good. Um, and then Hooker, second team, Cedric Tillman, wide receiver, second team All SEC preseason, and then their offensive tackle Darnell Wright. They got some third team guys as well. The talent's there, but more importantly, they've got a, finally a coaching staff that appears to know what it's doing. That's that's key there. It's time for Tennessee to get back, you know, in the East and be a, a power on that side of things and. Frankly, I would not be surprised to see him finish ahead of Kentucky. Yeah, I'm with you actually. There, I, I think eight is eight is right. Eight is it's sort of it's it's a question of like is it eight or is it nine? I mm-hmm. don't think seven should be in the equation with a senior quarterback like that. Um, but it is the SEC, so anything can happen. That being said, I I I definitely am with you. I mean, it's it, look. I mean, Kentucky is is you know they're bringing Levis back, right? I mean, they got a shot too. I mean, they're going to make some noise as well, but. I mean, I, I I do I I do tend to agree that there's there's an opening there for them to finish second in the East, which is not supposed to be the uh you know the the banner for for them. That's not supposed to be historically. Oh, we're just trying to finish second in the SEC East. No, but from where they've been. But yeah, it, there's a process to it. Mm-hmm. There's there's some steps you got to take. You can't skip those steps, especially with Georgia as dominant as they've been the last few years. Yep. So anyway, yeah, I saw that this morning. I'm like, yeah, I expected it. I expected you know Tennessee to be the the choice, and I think it's the right choice uh, as of right now. Um, but but uh, you know who knows? Maybe maybe Memphis surprises this year and finds a way to crank out nine wins. That'd be amazing if they can find a way to do that. All right, we'll come back. Jeff Coggins will join us at one twenty-five. We'll talk to him about that. Get his thoughts on uh, that 07-08 Get his thoughts on the Memphis basketball commit. All that and more. Jason and John, ninety-two FM, ESPN, WMFS FM, and HD One Bartlett, WMFS Memphis, where the legacy of sports is flagship home of the Memphis Grizzlies and Tigers talk. Always live on the free Odyssey app and smart speakers. Say play ninety-two nine ESPN, powered by DuckDuckGo. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. 
I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.